the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're going to talk about Philippians 4.13. And that's one of the most quoted verses by Christians. We love that verse particularly when we're about to go through tough times or going through tough times, we love to quote that verse. And then when our friends are going through tough times, we love to quote that verse at them, which I'm not sure they appreciate. But even though it is one of the the most quoted, it's probably one of the most misunderstood. Because generally it's quoted apart from its context. And generally the emphasis is misplaced. But tonight we're going to discuss that, but we're going to start by reading the two preceding verses, Philippians 4, 11 and 12, and then we'll, we'll talk about 4.13. You know, we, we operate out of two belief systems, don't we? The first belief system is what we have put into our head and kind of cemented as this is what I believe. And the second belief system is more based on on what our experience, our history, and, and what we feel. It's based in our soul. It's really based in our emotions. And many times our perception of God is twisted by lying emotions, by false perceptions. It doesn't have anything to do with what we know. Because every one of us that have been in church for any length of time can give you all the right answers concerning God. But if you were to get down to the truth of where we live and what we believe in our hearts emotionally about God, it would be in stark contrast to what we believe up here, or what we say we believe. Many of us approach God kind of with the old adage that we approach the, you know, I've heard this said many times about policemen, you know, they're never around when you need them. Many of us, that's our emotional belief of God. But He's always around when I mess up. Never around when I need Him, but always around when I mess up. That is an emotional concept of God that I I would say many of us live in. We know the truth up here, but we have not embraced the truth here. And you know what? God uses circumstances, He uses trials, He uses situations, because the purpose of this life is that we know Him, and if we know Him for who He is, we know that that cannot be true of Him. You see, the reality of our God is that if we embrace who He is, we embrace His character, and there is no duality in God. 
He is true to everything that He says He is, but foremost, He says, I am love. It's not in contrast to His justice. He says, I am love. And then, out of that love, as a child of God, He calls us His own. And He says, you are precious to Me, and I have brought you into My life. Now you share My life, and you're in union with Me. Well, if I have this emotional concept of God that says God is not really trustworthy, He's there when I fail, but He's never there when I need Him, I never sense His presence, so therefore He can't be here. If that's my emotional concept with God, don't get too close to me, then everything that God says He is to me becomes suspect, doesn't it? And it becomes almost cafeteria style depending upon our situation. If I'm out of a job, then i got to believe God's my provision. All right, Lord, here's your opportunity. you got to be my provision. Well, what's wrong with that? That sounds good, doesn't it? Time to believe God to be your provision? No. He says, I am your provision. What is stated in that? It means that... I am, as God, your provision 24-7, moment by moment. I am your sufficiency 24-7, moment by moment. Not just when you lose your job. And we say, oh God, I need you to be my peace. This is really a tough time for me. I need you to be my peace. No. He says, I am peace. Not just when you think you need it. But I've been your peace all along. You see, in our concept of God, as we begin to hone in on the reality of what we believe, we find that we have compartmentalized God into all of these things that He gives us when we need it. When we need it. But that's not God. God is all of those things all the time to us. It is who He is. He doesn't separate Himself from any of His attributes. Paul had learned this, and he reflects it in in the last chapter of Philippians, but certainly the whole of his life. Starting Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, he says, Not that I'm implying that I was in any personal want, for I have learned to be content, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I'm in. Remember what state he was in? He was in prison. He was in prison and he was in chains. Chained to a guard and would not that chain would never come off. He was chained to this guard 24-7. He was waiting, awaiting a judgment from a vicious emperor. And he's sitting there in chains. I've learned to be content. Well, what he's doing is he's quieting all of the, the concerns of these people that he loved. He says, hey, don't worry. I've got this. I've learned this. I've learned to be content. I know, verse 12, how to be abased and live humbly in straitened circumstances. And I know how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency and enough to spare or going without and being in want. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who infuses inner strength into me. 
I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Paul says, I am content. Remember we learned last week that to be content, actually the meaning of the word is to be contained. That the, that the sufficiency, that everything that you need is contained into one place. As a Christian, we have within us the life of Christ. We are complete in Him and we are contained. We are content in that everything that the soul requires, everything that we need for life is in Him. And He is in union with us. The contentment that Paul is talking about obviously couldn't be based on, on his wealth. It couldn't be based on his physical circumstances. It couldn't even be based on a, a delusion of having everything waiting for him. It was based on Christ. That's what it was based on. And he says, I've learned this. I have come to understand this about my living. Now notice he says I have learned, but he doesn't say I have learned how to survive any circumstance. Now that's the Christian of today, right? Many of us, well, you know, how are you doing? Well, the Lord is just carrying me through. I'm getting by. You know, day by day, I'm just believing the Lord. What's he telling you? What's his, what's his voice intimating to you? I'm surviving. I'm barely hanging on. I love this. I've even used this quite often. I'm hanging in there. Which means the visual is that you're hanging on a cliff by your fingers, right? And you got to say, how are you doing? He said, well, I'm hanging in there. The Lord's keeping me. And you got to say, what kind of God is this? He's standing over you while you're hanging with your fingers. And there's no, there's no hope. There's no joy in your voice. There's nothing. There's nothing in you. There's just this resolution that says, all I can do is trust God at this point. That's basically what you're saying, right? Well, Paul says, you know what? I have learned... If anybody has spent time hanging on the cliff, Paul had. And he says, you know what, I've learned to be content. I've learned to go on with no matter what my circumstances are, I'm going to be at ease. Now listen, if you're going to get the flow in the context of this verse 13... The way you would want to read it is you'd read 11 and 12, and when he talks about his contentment, you would stop there and as if Paul were in front of you and you'd say, okay, now how is it that you're at rest? How are you able to be at ease in these circumstances? How does that work? And then Paul would say, through Christ, his strength... His strength, every situation that confronts me in life is met by His strength. Now this is the point I'm making, and I'm going to make it over and over again so that you understand. You see, we're not victims in life. We're not being victimized by problems. We're not being victimized by the things that confront us. As children of God, we're put upon the planet that we may come into the truth and knowledge of Him, that we may grow in the reality of the relationship that we have with Him. And when we have trials and tribulations, they are allowed by God to display His strength, to display life. To bring us into the reality of our union with Him. 
And so when we come across these things, we tend to go back to the cafeteria and say, here we are, I'm going through this difficulty. Give me a big helping of your strength, Lord. But you know what? That's just plain unbelief. You know, the, the truth of the matter is that you have His life. And He doesn't separate His strength from His life. And when you get into these situations, you need to turn around and say, Wait a minute. I'm not a victim here. God has allowed this into my life. God has allowed these circumstances. I am where I am because He has allowed it. And you know what? If He wanted to, yes, He could come down and lift me out, or He could conquer all the circumstances and lay everything out nice and neat for me. But that isn't the purpose of life for the Christian. The purpose of life for the Christian isn't, despite what the prosperity crowd will tell you, it's not heaven on earth. It's Jesus on earth. And we see Him when we cannot look to anything else. We see His strength in our weakness. We see His peace in our troubled times. We see His strength when we yield to His life. That's when we see it. That's not just every now and then. That's not just when you've just been told that you're losing your job, or your husband's leaving you, or, or you've got cancer. That's not when strength arrives. Strength is in his life, and his life, I hope, is in you. Here's the truth of Paul. He's living to the reality of the divine purpose for his life. That's the truth of Paul. He knew nothing would touch his life apart from that divine purpose. You remember Ephesians 2.10. Look it up. Ephesians 2.10. When you begin to feel like a victim, I want you to read this verse. When you think that life is has just gone south on you, read the verse. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. You see, the Father has met every moment of your life with grace, strength, power, mercy, with everything that He is. He's met every moment of your life with everything that He is before you were even born. You don't arrive empty. You arrive fully fully capable in Christ. That's why Paul says, I have strength. I am contained. I am sufficient. The life of Christ in me is sufficient to meet whatever life brings. And And I know what life brings is to bring about the revelation of Christ. And in Christ in me will be manifested. It will be revealed. You know what? The Christian community is completely gone awry in the whole idea of comparison. That this guy over here, because he's living this way, he has all of this in front of him and he has... He, he's, He's so much more godly. 
And this guy over here, because because he's he's living this way, he has all of this before him, and he is you know he's just gone way up. Well, let me tell you the truth of it. This guy over here, where life is just meeting him with one baseball bat after another, needs it. I'm talking to me. He needs it. Because if he didn't have the baseball bats hitting him, there's no telling where he would go. And you know what? God is so intent on bringing this fellow into truth that he's going to let it hit one after another, after another, after another. But do you think his passion for this guy here is any less than his passion for this man over here who seems to be doing everything right? No. You see, God is doing everything He can do, has done everything He needed to do, and is completing everything He needs to complete, and is conforming this man over here who doesn't seem to get it to His image. And you know, here's here's an interesting thing. I may be jumping subjects real quickly, but let me tell you something. This guy here, you say, wow, he really needs strength, doesn't he? He's been carried in the strength of the Lord from the day He opened His eyes from the womb. He's always been carried in the strength of the Lord. And this fellow over here that seems to have a great ministry going and is always always in the big church limelight, he may even think that it's because of his righteousness that he has this strength. But I'm telling you, his strength doesn't carry him either. The same strength that's carrying this one is carrying that one. The same strength that's carrying that one is carrying that one. We all have that same strength by virtue of his life. And you know what? I don't know what you're going to confront in this life. I don't know how in the world's eyes how horrendous it may be. I don't know the scars that you bear. I don't know the troubles that you've undertaken. But I can tell you this. You were never, ever, ever, ever as a child of God walking in your own strength because He holds you together by the word of His power. You couldn't get up. You couldn't exist apart from the power of God. Well, why in the world would you go there, Todd? What's that all about? Because if we don't understand that life is all part of the divine purpose and we don't understand that the character and the truths and the gifts of God are part of of who He is, if we don't understand that we are complete in Christ, then we begin to believe that we're victims in life. That we just kind of live from one, one high point to one low point. We sure hope Jesus is in the low point. And when we get to the high point, we can take it from here, Lord. We think we can carry it. But we can't. You couldn't carry yourself in your best moment. And you can't carry yourself in your worst moment. The reality of, of walking in truth and living this Christ life is knowing what you got. It's knowing what you got. It's knowing that you have everything that you need in Him. Why are we participating in all of these ups and downs and so forth? It's so that we can grow in our, in our, in our participation of the union we have in Christ. Here's the reality. Where does unbelief poke up His head? Where is unbelief created in us? In the soul, Right? In the mind, will, and emotions. That's where the unbelief is. If you're a child of God, you are completely secure in Him, in your spirit, you're in union with Him. If there's unbelief, it's in the mind, will, and emotions. And you know what? You're giving it free rent. You are. 
If you don't know what you've got in Christ, then you won't invite the truth into your soul. You won't stand in the truth and you won't believe in the truth and therefore you will live a schizophrenic Christianity. Constantly vacillating back and forth. Always afraid that God's not going to be there, that He won't be be your strength, that He'll fail you, that He won't come through, that He won't be your provision. Because your life is all about what you can put together for yourself in the soul. And that's not what God intended. He says, I've come that you might have life. Well, what's He talking about? He's talking about an intimacy with Him that gives you the confidence when you're sitting in a Roman dungeon with chains that you're able to say, I have everything I need. Gives you confidence when you don't have a job to say, I have a provider. It gives you confidence when when you're sick to say, you know what, I have a physician who keeps me. And I won't die one day sooner than He wants me. I'll live every day to the fullest. The truth is that every day has been designed by Him so that you may know Him. To the degree that you live out of the soul in unbelief, what you've lived in is your own little special hell and bondage, up one day and down the other. But to the degree that you recognize that the fullness and completeness of Christ is there to meet every circumstance and situation, I didn't say feel it, but believe it. To the degree that you believe it, you'll find rest for your soul. Romans 8.28 summarizes the truth of the fact that God has our lives. It's not a conditional verse for the child of God. It's a fact. We are assured in knowing that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to His design and purpose. That's not the super saint, that's the child of God. And He says all things. It's His design, get this. It's His design. It's His purpose. And it's His strength that sees it through. It's not your strength. It's not the strength of God just showing up here and there. It is His strength living in you through His life. Well, what's a good illustration of that? Well, obviously John 15:5, right? I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If I were to go up to a vine and I cut the branch off the vine, what would happen? Could the branch do anything apart from the vine? Does it have its own strength? Would the branch be able to live out there and then occasionally call for strength from the vine? Would the branch gather with other cut off branches and say, you know what, we need to pray that the strength of the Lord, the strength of the vine comes to us? Would? Why? Well, we know the meaning of being cut off. We know the meaning of separation. Being separated, what's the definition of death? Separation from God. That's what death is. I mean, these bodies, these bodies are going to die, but we are eternal, even the lost man. But death is eternity apart from God. Life is eternity with God. And we start now. 
That branch has no life apart from the vine. Cut off from the vine, it can't do anything. Now, when the branch is attached to the vine, when does it receive strength? All the time. Because it's not its strength, is it? It's the strength of the vine. And that that strength is its life. That life is its strength. Now, here's the thing. God doesn't say, I'm going to give you my life and if you need strength, just call me. Does He? No, He says, I am your strength. And so Paul... Paul says, you know what? God says it. I have gone through beatings. I have gone through hunger. I have gone through shipwreck. I have gone through all manner of difficulties. And I have learned to be content, contained. You see, I have learned to feed and drink from the life within me. I have learned that the reward of life, bios, on the, on the planet is Zoe, the life of the Spirit in me. That's why I'm full. You know, Jesus said, I have food you know not of. Was he talking about a Snickers bar he had in his pocket? No. He was talking about the life of the Father, the power of the Father, the union of the Father within him. That's what he was talking about. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life, moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.